You're listening to the Source Property Podcast, your number one source of tips and tricks for starting your property business. Hello and welcome to another Source Property Podcast. My name is Chris Kirkwood and joining me today is one of our fantastic franchisees, Tim Campbell. Hello, Tim. Hi, Grace. Thanks for having me. That's all right. Well, uh, thanks for having you back because this is not your first podcast, is it? No, it's the second one. You must have done all right in the first one. Congratulations. Debatable. But... <laughs> Um, so we're back with another episode of our incredible series from the ground up which is showing you that regardless of your background you can make property work for you so um, it's quite a simple one for me tell us about yourself Tim okie dokie so um, I'm originally from Bournemouth uh, at about 18 I first went into property um, I was kind of interested in the estate agency start side side might want to edit that one out <laughs> Nope. <laughs> no, okay. Um, I started as a training negotiator, worked my way Which up. is in the hierarchy of an estate agency, because 18, 18 is young. Yeah. So in the hierarchy of an estate agency, where do they sit? They sit probably just above the mice that kick about in the office. <laughs> so I'd gone from a management training course with Tesco to basically the bottom of the pile of estate agency, which everyone hates estate agents anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so I was at the bottom of the most hated pile. Yeah. Um, great experience though, going around viewing properties, just doing viewings, and then the buzz I got when I first sold a house was just unbelievable, and from that moment I was like, I want to be in property. Absolutely loved it. Um, the people I was working with um, were fantastic, and one of the people was leaving to go and work for a developer, which I was really, really envious for. I had no idea how it would work or anything like that, Yeah. but that's kind of where it all started many years ago, about 25 years ago now. So as an estate agent, as a, as a tr did you call yourself a trainee estate yeah, agent? Yeah, trainee. As a trainee estate agent, how long does it take you to become to be a trainee before you are an estate agent? It depends how annoying you are um, and how... And how does that metric work? The more <laughs> annoying the quicker or the more annoying the, the, the slower? Ah, yeah. It could go either way, to be honest. <laughs> um, I, I was quite lucky because I, I straight away... Straight away started selling things. Right. So as a result, I kind of moved up quite quickly. Mm -hmm. um, sales negotiator, then senior negotiator, started to training the other negotiators, and then eventually onto branch manager. Out of by what age? Ooh, probably about twenty-two. Wow, that is good. Yeah. So on average, what? How how many properties do, does a, a one standard employee in an estate agency sell per month? We were targeted back then, I mean, it was years ago, but it was about eight sales a month, nine sales, something like that. Wow, that's um, that's that's pretty good commission, right? Yeah, well, you'd think so. Depends who you work for. If it's a large corporate, you tend to get quite small commissions for it. Right, okay. So you got to the point of branch manager. Yep. How long did you stay there? Um, probably a year or so, mm -hmm. um, and the property market started to change. Um, I then decided to uh, go and live abroad and sell timeshare for a bit. And so the property market started to change. Just unpack that a little bit for us. So what do you mean by that? It was, okay. it was getting too tough or the, the main company were going to close down offices? No, or? I mean, it was switching with the whole kind of subprime mortgage lending mm -hmm. problems. People couldn't get mortgages. House prices kind of stagnated and then started to drop. Uh, a lot of people ended up in negative equity. So this is seven, eight, oh, seven, oh, yeah. Nine, oh, nine. yeah, so it was around that kind of time. Okay, so then the... Um, uh, moving abroad. Yeah. That sounds quite interesting. 
Yeah, it was. So um, I thought everyone hates estate agents. Who do people hate more than estate agents? And it's timeshare <laughs> salespeople. <laughs> so I thought that'd be a good thing to move into. You've got a good length of people hating you as a timeshare because you know you get the, the people that buy timeshare like a reminder that they hate you every single year for, yeah. the, for the period of their timeshare, aren't they? Yeah. And then at the start of the year, if they've got to pay any fees to look after their timeshare, they they are again that bloody Tim. Oh yeah, my partner weirdly ended up buying at the same place that I was selling at. Didn't know her at the time. No way. So I've gone back with her to the timeshare place that she bought at that I sold at. So Poor how long world. did you do that for? Not very long to be honest. Um, went out there for probably a couple of months um, and then suddenly I was going to become a dad. So came back to the UK and moved into lettings. I'd always done sales before. Yeah. Um, decided to relocate, move up north, mm -hmm. um, and as a result of kind of relocation, I went into lettings. So, did you feel at the time that that was a bit of a step back away from proper, like the the, the cutting edge of property? Yes, no. I got the job as a branch manager for a lettings agency, okay. so it was kind of similar kind of level. Like I said, I've never done lettings before, um, so I thought this is good. Again, it was with a view of being able to work for myself because I thought I've got my sales experience. If I can get some lettings experience, the market had changed, like I said, so most agents were beginning to diversify and do sales and lettings. Mm. So that's kind of where I was going with that. And then? And then... The government said, right, everyone needs to have a home information pack before they sell their property. So I thought, okay, this sounds, again, an ideal sector to kind of move into. So I looked into it. Because it's mandatory, right? Yeah. It's, it, everybody's got to have one. It's not as if you can choose to have no, one. That no. That sounds like the ideal thing to get into. It is. Again, you're going to get hated, though, because <laughs> you're selling something that no one wants but everyone needs. And has to pay for. Yeah, 350 to about £700 a time. Yep. Um, so I kind of set up a part-time business running it alongside my current job as the branch manager mm -hmm. of providing the home information packs. Um, and then I thought, okay, I've had enough of working for someone and that was my first kind of step into my own business really. And then stepping into your own business there, was that close enough to property that you wanted to be? No. Because you are still very much focused on you know, the product, the, the, the business itself. Who, which just so happens to be something loosely to do with property, not actually doing yeah. property. I mean, everything that I'd done career-wise was always for one thing. It was always for the money, which was such a bad move. I knew what I wanted to do, which was developing and the more kind of creative side, so to speak. Mm. Um, but I'd always done the moves for the money. So my other company, grew and obviously the money was there and that was great but it was still lacking that kind of sense of achievement and satisfaction although it's still a good service and so come the government's decision to get rid of home information packs what did that do to your business I saw it kind of coming so I decided to diversify I trained as a domestic energy assessor a commercial energy assessor hey they're not they're not universally hated not at all. That must, have been, that must have been quite nice for you. They are now, though, with the talks of the minimum regulations and things like this. People now email you and said, you did an EPC about eight years ago. We think you've done it wrong. And it's, are you an energy assessor? Why do... So, yeah, again, now it's starting to become mm. a hated role. So, mm. yeah. But still less hated than either being uh, uh, an estate agent, a timeshare salesperson, yeah. 
Or a lettings manager. Yeah. Surely. We've, we've missed out the makeup company. <laughs> <laughs> How did that have anything to do with property? It didn't. It was just a side tangent, basically. Decided to set up a makeup company. Of course you did. Got worldwide um, distribution rights for a brand that was huge in China, but nowhere else around the world, and ran that for some time as well as the property companies. Okay. Very random. That ended due to the Russians. <laughs> Lots of threats, long story. We'll move on from that. You know, a lot of, apparently, um, by the time, I think by the time you're 30, I once saw a st statistic that said you, you've, tr you've tried seven different careers. But those seven different careers tend to be all sort of closely related. They're all within the same sort of, sort of boundary, which you've absolutely hit. And then right out there in left field, you've got the makeup company. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened to that? With that, like I said, basically loads of issues importing stock into the country, loads of counterfeits, everyone's trying to copy your product, customs are seizing your product all the time, so it was a massive headache. I thought, right, I know where I should be, property, makeup is not the way forward. And, and where did that fit in the timeline? Because Again, that was kind of parallel to running my other company, the EPC But company. that's really interesting though, isn't it? Because you, that, that shows your sort of entrepreneurial spirit. And you've got that entrepreneurial spirit coming out in this really random career decision. And yet everything else that you're doing is based in property. And that sort of shows the way that you, you then go, doesn't it? But because yeah. it shows that you want to do things on your own. You want to think differently to everybody else. And you want to be involved in property. But you'd have thought that those big corporates and, and the, the very controlled and systemized ways were probably not yeah. doing it for you. I kind of did the makeup to build cash flow. The sales were fantastic, and I thought, okay, I can use this money to put into property. Can I just say you look fabulous today as well? Oh, well, thank so you. That would be using. the eyeliner and the hair shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so then, uh, so then, then what? So uh, EPC has a valid life for ten years. Yeah. So obviously, we lost the home information pack part of it due to it being used as a tool in the elections. Um, then 98% of your business disappears overnight. Mm. Suddenly, I'm an EPC provider going out doing the appointments. Uh, and did that did that overtake the hate? hip stuff the home information it was in stuff. the very, home very yeah I mean quickly. the EPC was part of the home information mm. pack and then all the documents are still there but they're just done at the end now mm. so the cost is still there the only thing that remained up front is the EPC mm. um, so in addition to that obviously a 10-year lifespan's a long time to kind of go through so mm. we added floor plans photography Infantries, anything we could that would make an estate agent's life easier and help them to order everything from one place. Again, it's still mandatory for, for sales and lettings, yeah. isn't it? So that must have helped. Yeah, another mandatory product. <laughs> All good. <laughs> and then run that for a, for a period of years. Yeah, still going. 15 years it was last month. Mm -hmm. How satisfying is that? In some ways, it's pretty satisfying, although it doesn't give me the immediate kind of satisfaction that I've kind of mentioned that you get when you've done something like developing a property. Mm. And is, would you say that that's the same satisfaction that you got from selling that original property at the estate agent or is developing a property even different I, to that? I would say it's different. The, the sense of achievement I got, <clears throat> excuse me, when the property was all done, the carpets were in, it was painted, and the fact that my electrician wanted to move in there mm. and he could see the project coming along and then he saw the finish, 
that was just such a massive sense of achievement for me. It's so misleading as well because you, you, you go through that process and you've got somebody, you don't even have to advertise it. You have to do literally nothing and you've got a tenant in there. Well, I, and then for the next one, when it's not quite that simple, you sort of take, take a step back and go, well, why is it not this simple? Why, what am I doing wrong? This, mm. it, there should be somebody knocking at my door to take this property off. Does people not know that I've made a property here? <laughs> well, I had two tenants lined up anyway. A neighbour wanted it as well. So literally even before it was going on the market, it had interest. And what's the current state of that property? All done, remortgaged, tenants in there, happy as Larry. Same tenants as original? Yeah. I mean, it was only a couple of months ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. That out. yeah. Yeah, December. Um, and they're still happy? Yeah, yeah. Any problems from that property? None whatsoever. Okay. So, at what point in that stage did you become a source franchisee? That was before that property. That yeah. was like right at the start. So I took on my source franchise in October 2021. So you're at this point, out of all the stuff that you've done, at this point, all you've got going on is the EPC. Stuff. Yeah, the EPC business. You ditched the makeup. Yeah, put that makeup's to one gone. side. Yeah, back in the drawer for the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm focusing purely on EPCs, purely on everything like that. But um, you've still got the itch to get into property. Yeah, still thinking, I still want to develop. Uh, so okay, so you're you're an educated and you're a very thoughtful person. So what was your process to, to to find out the easiest or the best way that you could then join that sort of development here? Right. So for me, initially, I was quite skeptical. Um, I've, I've tried different things. I've kind of summarized what I've done in my working life slightly. I've paid for numerous training courses and things like that. Mm. Generally you pay for your training and then you're kind of off on your own mm. and you're kind of plodding along and then because you've not got anyone to ask you end up kind of going wrong and failing and then your motivation kind of wanes and you've got no real kind of commitment. Um, so I thought I'd really look into it. And is that why you didn't go on, go, you know, do this for yourself? Is that why you didn't, because you didn't you didn't want to be sort of half-assed about it. You, you wanted to make sure that you were going to yeah, commit to plus it. Yeah, well, partly, but partly I thought I didn't have the knowledge mm. and also I didn't have the support. Um, and the way I kind of viewed it is I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to do it and do it really badly and go massively wrong and end up losing loads of money. So I wanted that safety net of people yeah. to ask um, for help and advice and second opinions on things like figures and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So how did you find Sourced? Uh, initially, I was looking on franchise websites. Um, so I thought that would be a good place to start. There were a couple of opportunities I was looking at mm -hmm. and I just kind of sat on the sidelines and watched various different opportunities unfold. Mm -hmm. I watched some webinars with Ewan talking about different strategies <laughs> and stuff. Didn't put me off. <laughs> and then, oh, thank goodness. And then after that, I thought, okay, I'm going to achieve absolutely nothing if I keep sitting at the side doing nothing. Mm -hmm. um, so my next port of call was I contacted head office who ran through everything um, and said, oh, you can have a phone call with one of our franchisees. Again, because I was so skeptical, I thought, no, could be anyone, could be an actor and I would rather drive to them so um, I went to see Jason down in Hull drove along the M62 sat down he could still be an actor he could be he could be I and mean that's I, next level cynical it really is uh, but after seeing Jason who could still have been an actor who said it was great and we talked through his joint venture and everything mm -hmm. Prophet, I thought this is exactly what I need 
but still skeptical. I want to go and see if there's more actors at head office. So <laughs> I then booked to go to head office the following week and check it was all real, check it was a real building, check that people were there, see if people knew stuff. Somebody asked us that today as well, didn't they? Somebody yeah. asked us that today. They said, yeah. do you actually work here? Yeah. Like, it's all branded up and it's all it's all very, you know, very obviously a property business. And yet, yeah, of course we do, yeah. Yeah. So after I'd seen that, met you again, met Sam, thought, yeah, okay. Still I'll, not put off. I'll take this on. They've clearly got a good supply of actors. <laughs> 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 and then signed up. So, yeah. So since you signed up, what what do you think have been the biggest things that we've helped you with? Well, I didn't even know deal sourcing was a thing until after basically joining. So mm. it was the sheer amount of knowledge. I mean, I'd worked in property at that point for 25 years and I suddenly there was, my eyes were opened into all these different ways to earn money from it. And I thought, okay, well, this is fantastic. So. I need to just blast out all the training, um, come to as many in-person training sessions as possible, do as much online as I can. Couldn't get ready for a while, could we? No, no, no. Um, and what I got from that is not only the training and meeting people who knew about different areas of it, but I also made friends and contacts within the network themselves. So you can then do business with those people. And even things that you've seen before, if you come back to head office, you'll have a conversation or you'll hear something and suddenly you get, right, I've never thought of that. Like today when you were talking about the assisted sales, mm -hmm. I thought, why have I never even thought about pushing that as a service? Mm. So ideas just pop in to my head last time. So did we, frantic, really. <laughs> when you came to us and you had your sort of idea of the direction that you wanted to go, because you said you, that you saw Jason's yeah. uh, um, uh, JV project and you thought that's exactly what you want to do. Yep. When you came to us and, and you had your idea of which direction you wanted to go, but then your eyes were open to all these different things that, that we do. And you mentioned sourcing and selling on yes. deals. Did that, did that um, take you away from where you originally wanted to be or did that provide extra ways of earning money on, on your journey to do what you originally wanted to do? It did. So initially, although I was aware of all of these different ways of potentially earning, I still had almost like these blinkers on of, right, developing's where it's at, developing's where it's at, and mm. that was the mm -hmm. goal. Then You're I was, not alone there? No. <laughs> then I was booked in for my induction. I got COVID, so I couldn't do it. So mm. I thought, okay, what I can do is I can watch all the training, I can read everything that's available. And I can also start. And then I found a couple of deals. I then sold them and then I did my induction. And then the big stumbling block for me, even though I knew I had the support and the guidance, was getting out there and making the offers and building the contacts and just going for it. Because it's still scary when you're going out to buy a property. I don't know, maybe it's just me. It's like, this is quite scary stuff. <laughs> is it just me? What's the biggest offer that you've made since you joined us? Oh, two and a half million. <laughs> Pretty so, comfortable yeah. with it now, then. Yeah, yeah, because we've done two and a half million. We've done two point. Yeah, we've done a few in the twos. Yeah. Yeah, another one. What two weeks ago for nine hundred and fifty thousand. Over two million is like water up a duck's back now. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. So, what are your what, what what is that direction that you're trying to get towards? What is it you're trying to achieve? The direction is to 
do some joint ventures with head office to get more knowledge, more funds behind me, mm-hmm. um, so that I'm in a really good position to go to auctions with a chunk of change in my pocket mm-hmm. and to be able to do it with no finance involved and to just build from there, really. And are you trying to do the smaller flips as well at the side? Because yeah. if you do a JV, obviously that, that they're bigger deals. So that's yeah. going to take, what, 18 months? Yeah. In Long order for you process. to get your money out? And so will you continue to do smaller flips like the one that you've already done? Yeah, so I'm going to look for more of those. Also, now, like I said um, a minute ago, assisted sales, I think that could be a way. It's kind of like a flip, but with lower costs from Mm -hmm. what I can see. So could I go away and do a bit of research into that? We've got got a podcast series on, on assisted sales. Yeah, cool. There's seven podcasts. You should go go and listen to them. I, I, I will. It's essentially the same stuff that I've talked about today, but yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's always good to have access to that to then um, remind yourself of those documents and contracts that you need to, to, yes. to satisfy that process. Yeah. So that, um, I also want to get into rent to rent a bit. Mm. It's a bit of a mouthful. That, we're gonna have a We're going to have a conversation about that, aren't we? Yes. So uh, we're booked in next week to have... Uh, yeah, next Friday. To see how we can move your rent-to-rent business yeah. forward. So long as it's congruent with everything else that you're doing, yeah. that's the first thing that we need to that we need to check. Yes. So you've got rent-to-rent that you're going to do. Rent-to-rent. You're going to look for more flips, including assisted sales. Yeah. And you're looking for a JV opportunity to do with HQ. Yes. Quite a lot, quite a lot on your plate there. Yeah. Well, I've taken my son on mm-hmm. as an apprentice, yeah. so we've got... Beck, um, primed up and ready to go, so he's keen to get his teeth into stuff as well. I think a lot of people will will, will look at that as something that they really want to do. You know, we have a quite a quite a lot of parents and children um, in the network. How how's that gone? How easy has that been? How how good are they at seeing things that that you see? He he's getting there. He had never worked in property before. Mm-hmm. He went to college. And he's involved in my other business as well. The EPC business. Yeah. So no, no makeup anymore. No. Okay. Um, So he's involved in the booking jobs and doing the floor plans. He's been drawing floor plans since he was about ten, because (laughs) obviously when you first set the business up, you can't afford proper employees. So what? what So child labour is the way to go. Child labour. But he was really good at. He was mad about computers. So I showed him how to draw floor plans. And obviously I would check them and stuff like this, but I could pay him extra money during the holidays and stuff for him to do the floor plan. So his kind of property, it's been in him since about 10 and it's kind of slowly building. And now he's on the apprenticeship course kind of working for me. So my plan is to kind of train him more to look for joint ventures, to do some deal sourcing, cover his salary, that kind of thing. In terms of finding opportunity or identifying opportunity, should I say, how's he getting on with that? Because that's, that's one of the most difficult yeah. things. That you oh, do. yeah, it's hard. And it's the thing is, it's frustrating because you'll keep finding things and you'll keep getting to points where the figures just don't work. So you have to hit eight no's before you can get the two yeses. Mm-hmm. So he's struggling with that, but he's coming to terms with the fact that you get eight no's. Resilience is a very yeah. important skill to learn. And no matter what you're in, I guess everybody, everybody has that. But in, in property, you are, you know, there very rarely tends to be somebody behind you that then says, come on, let's let's get back up and let's go again. I mean, that's one of the good things about our, our network, but also we tend to work with a lot of people that have got that level of resilience because you see that in the most successful people, right? Excellent, yeah. Um, anything else that you want to add to, to your little journey? I think that's been most of my journey. To I didn't know about the makeup thing. That's an absolute 
blast out of the blue that one That's Luke phenomenal. knew about that yeah did he yeah why didn't you say that today in your presentation that you were doing about your it's so random done? it's so random seriously we got global distribution rights for a company That's where, where is that company now they're still massive so basically it's a Chinese brand um, and they only want the Chinese market and we were selling the product and it was huge at one point and it all came through us and then we had people in Dubai wanting it and Spain and insane it was like literally we've just pushed an entire makeup brand yeah it's very weird yeah it is very weird but like I say it shows your entrepreneurial side which I think is, is maybe being satisfied in a different way through yeah. property now very much so <laughs> that's it for today folks we hope you found the information useful and informative but remember our work doesn't stop here at Source Franchise we're dedicated to helping our clients succeed in the property investment and franchise industry we're the first and only franchise of our kind, providing not just training, but also knowledge and property leads and even funding through Source Capital. If you want to take the next step in your property investment or franchise journey, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can send us an email or download our prospectus at sourcefranchise.co for more information. We're committed to providing you with all the tools, resources and resources that you need to succeed. We hope you enjoyed the content. If you did, please consider giving us a five star rating and leaving a comment and hitting the like button. Your support helps us to continue creating valuable content just for you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Remember, at Source Franchise, we're here to help you succeed every step of the way. <laughs>